This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Salah. Let's take Cancelo off. Brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks. After an astonishing January transfer window. And that's going to be one of the topics we talk about today with our three pundits, who are, number one, is Gogolin. Hello, everyone. Good to be back after that Chelsea transfer window. Uh, yeah, there's quite a bit there. And Des Corkill. Who is horrified by the uh, the down fall of uh, real football, of uh, social football, and all that money being spent at the top, none of it being transferred down to the bottom. And that, to me, is is a massive, massive problem. Uh, we will definitely delve into that some more. And finally, we have the legendary Bob Holmes. Uh, hi, everybody. Yes, good to be here. I'm, uh, I agree with the sentiments about the transfer window, but uh, privately, I'm actually very pleased because Bob Holmes is a Nottingham Forest fan, and we will find out a bit more about that in a moment. But uh, let's start with you, Des, uh, and your feelings about this. So the Premier League club spent, apparently, £815 million in the January transfer window, and that is over four times the combined rest of Europe, who spent £198 million. Now, uh, Des, we know you're a big fan of the big money in football. Do you have a philosophical... Issue Not with that? one penny of that has got down to grassroots football. There was an agreement made in the 90s when the Premier League was introduced that uh, a percentage, it was said 5% of all income generated from the Premier League would be sent down to grassroots football. Not one penny of this because it's outside of that agreement. Not one penny of this stays in uh, in, in, in football other from, than those elite clubs. Um it, the, the the wealth that is being shown off by Chelsea, it's, uh, I don't know whether you remember the, an old Harry Enfield sketch. Harry Enfield was a British comedian and he had this character who was immeasurably superior, more wealthy than you. And we laughed at it then because and it, was a, it was a skit on, on modern times. This is exactly that. You've got an us and them, which is so bad for football. Never mind Malaysia, never mind Singapore. In the United Kingdom, in England, you've got these, these elite groups spending £320 million. That's, that's, uh, it's just outrageous, outrageous figures. Um, and so immoral. I'm using the word immoral. Yes, it's a business, but it's absolutely immoral that none of this move, moves down the scale. Uh, clubs are going uh, to the wall, left, right and centre. And grassroots football, uh, just out of interest, back back home, I asked um, my, my nephew to just get a quote on um, getting a, a pitch. £200 for a pitch for an hour. If you're a grassroots um, talent, uh, uh, um, you know, you're in a talent school or something, you've got to pay £200 an hour. That is unsustainable in the United Kingdom. So my argument, OK, you can spend that money, but some of it's got to filter down. None of it does. And that's that's where the immorality comes in. It's all about all about us, all about us, all about us. And it's horrible. OK, well, uh, absolutely. Uh, every word is true. Goglin, uh, you know, an agent's got to eat as well. But uh, let's talk about the actual transfers themselves. Um, I got to say, I'm not really familiar with these names who are getting enormous amounts of money. Chelsea spent by far the most. 
Do you think they're good signings? Do they need them? Chelsea spend more than most of the of all the transfer uh, uh, leagues out. I mean, for the leagues out there, the transfer total transfer spent was more than Chelsea. Chelsea spend more than the, all of them. So uh, I really don't know what their game plan is because you know I was looking at the depth of squad that they have, and they have like the players on their books that are uh, surplus of requirements. If you really look at it, Chelsea, and this is a Chelsea who's a uh, what ninth or tenth in the table right now. So. You know, to spend that kind of money on Enzo Fernandez is is it's mind-boggling, especially in the January transfer window. You're not even talking about the summer. This is a January transfer window, and to break the transfer record in the January transfer window is a statement of sorts. But uh, I really don't understand what they're trying to do. They put Potter on. This I don't think these are Potter, uh, yeah, sanctioned signings. So I'm I'm really really surprised at what's going on in Chelsea right now. Uh, Bob, presumably then that might be that. Uh... Chelsea already looking beyond Potter. Uh, but any of these transfers caught your eye as being a good buy for... Uh, well, one or two. Um, but Fernandez, let's, let's just stick with him for a, for a minute. This is a guy who looked pretty decent in the World Cup, to be fair. Promising young player. He's played 17 games for Benfica. Scored one goal. He, they bought him for... a peanuts and they've sold him for 106 or 7 million pounds now although he looked decent he to me didn't show enough to justify a hundred plus million pound increase in his value in one season it, it is absolutely hideous i don't think if you'd watched messi play you wouldn't have said at his peak, you would not really have said he had improved by a hundred million pounds in one season. But Enzo Fernandez, in the eyes of Tom Bowley, the owner of Chelsea, has. He's paid that kind of money for him. And you forget who they've got on their books. I mean, there are players like Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, Kai Havertz, uh, Habits and Sterling cost between them uh, well over 100 million pounds. Mason Mount, okay, he was brought through the academy. But uh, there, there are others we could mention. Um, and Chelsea were big spenders, of course, under Roman Abramovich. How could we ever forget that? But this guy is making Roman Abramovich look like Scrooge. I mean, he has spent in less than uh, 12 months that he's been there, He's only about nine months. He has spent more than the La Liga, the Bundesliga, and Serie A combined. Just Chelsea alone. I mean, it is so ridiculous, so out of proportion. It, it really does need looking at this. I uh, mean, it, it is just off-the-wall stuff. But they are, you know, currently sitting comfortably at 10th, and that, that must be a good thing. Uh, Des, you actually made up a list, inevitably, of winners, losers, etc. in the transfer window. We can't help but do that. And you've, you've actually put Chelsea down as winners, but uh, uh, well, you didn't put them down at all. So uh, any of these caught your eye? So, for instance, at Arsenal... Jorginho goes to Arsenal, and Arsenal fans, a lot of them, are so angry about that. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. They've got an injury for Elenany, and uh, they've, they've got a, a place to, um, a, a midfield place to look at. 
Uh, and they've got to be backing whatever Mikel Arteta done. Um, so let's look at the contrast between Arsenal and Chelsea. Arsenal are now a pretty well-run club. They are financially self-sufficient. Their new stadium is generating income, uh, which will be the same in Tottenham. Uh, for a number of years, I've been waiting for the capital clubs, the London clubs, to actually be able to show their financial muscle. But Arsenal are doing it in a, um, in a, in, in a very sensible way. They haven't overpaid in comparative terms for Jorginho. And uh, they, they made another couple of really good signings that just boost their squad. Um, uh, the Trossard, I think, is a, a really good Arsenal kind of a player. And the, the good thing is that it's Mikel Arteta who's making the decisions. It's not Todd Burley. Uh, it, it's, not the, it's not the directors. It's Mikel Arteta. If he's not making the actual signings, he's got a big say in who is coming to his football club. And therein, therein lies a difference. Plus, they're within their financial parameters. Chelsea... Um, by allocating these seven and eight and nine year contracts, they're amortizing their period. So it's it's really clever. It's very good. But Juventus have actually just um, been did docked fifteen points for financial doping. Um, and the the yeah, but that, that's not amortizing per se. That is uh, a real bending of the amortizing. Absolutely, which is my my point. And you're getting down that this is where I go on the morals. People have got to be people have got to play to the spirit of the rules. And uh, Chelsea just aren't. Uh, as for the rest, Arsenal they're within their budget, so that's okay. They they spend what they make, and that's why even though Liverpool um, didn't make any other signings than uh, Gapco. I, I feel they they do now need a midfielder because there's so many injuries kicking in. Um, Canate, the latest, we'll talk about them. But Liverpool, I think, are losers in this in this because they are trying to play within their financial um, means. Um, same with Everton, and the more clubs like Chelsea who come and spend three hundred million, the worse it becomes for football because the the equal playing field disappears. And you just mentioned Serie A, um, La Liga, Eredivisie. German Bundesliga, all of them are just blown out of the water by this kind of spending. It's 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 immoral. Oh, and on that, we're going to leave the transfer window and we're going to get back to football playing itself. Uh, we're going to look at the, uh, what's it called? League Cup uh, and then Premier League here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Uh, with myself and Goglin and Des and Bob. And now, uh, Goglin, uh, during the week, we had the second leg. I don't know why there is a second leg of the semis of the League Cup, but there is. And Manchester United beat Nottingham Forest 2-0 with an aggregate of 5-0. I'm sure Forest fans really enjoyed going to watch that match. Um, but Manchester United, uh, they, they're resurgent. This... I think the last major cup that they won was the League Cup under Mourinho. So they're really going for this one. I completely agree they're going for this one. I mean, uh, under Ten Hag, it's it's a rebuilding process that, you know, I think we all spoke about, I think even Dez spoke about this early in the season, that, you know, given the right, uh, given the time, given the uh, backing and, you know, full backing, and now that Ronaldo has left, he has the full backing because there was another manager, technically another manager there, and there was Ronaldo. But to see them, and I think they're the only team now uh, contention for four trophies, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think, the last yeah, ones. Yeah, last one standing. So it was a polished performance. They need a, they need a Wembley um, appearance, United at this stage. Whether it's the League Cup or whether it's the FA Cup, it doesn't make a difference. 
but you know this is what a, a team that is coming a rebuilding team needs especially a team like united you know even if any team a, a wembley appearance helps in so many places you know i it, it, everybody talks about the league cup being uh, nothing and all that but tell that to city who have won that how many times now I've, you know i can't even remember that so it it adds an impetus to the season you know it's it's early in the season it, it this gives gives a real a boost in, you know to the fans to the team if you go out and win it and uh, Bob, as a Nottingham Forest fan uh, who hasn't had too much glory to witness, I suppose you will sit back and rem- remember that time when Nottingham Forest got to the semis of the League Cup. Uh, you must have enjoyed it. Uh, no, and no. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we have plenty of uh, golden memories of the League Cup. Uh, this uh, won't be among them. But I think with uh, Forest, you have to remember that 15 months ago, we were bottom of the championship with one point from seven games. And to be uh, playing at Old Trafford against Man United in a, in a semi-final uh, is, is beyond uh, anybody's dreams. So that's just a little perspective. We have come a long way. We weren't good enough, nowhere near good enough, but uh, we did well to get that far. Uh, for a promoted side. I, I don't like the League Cup, and I certainly don't see why there should be two-leg semi-finals. But, I mean, did you enjoy, as a Nottingham Forest, did you enjoy watching, having to go and watch Forest get thrashed again? Twice? No, obviously not. Um, but that, I mean, you, you, uh, that's football, isn't it? You, every game you go to, there's a danger of, of getting thrashed. But you, and you to be fair, that. they didn't get trashed. It was two no, they weren't. Yeah. I mean, five nil yeah, over yeah. two legs. I mean, the yeah. quality. Or, I mean, you could see the golf in quality, but it wasn't a trashing. So Forrest gave as good as they got, but no. it, ultimately it showed. But yeah, I, w- I wouldn't call it a trashing though. Thanks, okay. Gox. I appreciate okay. that. Um, all right, all right. I mean, yeah, it was nil nil uh, for an hour oh, at old yeah. at Old Trafford. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't collapse. So, um, I mean, your your basic point is uh, you're talking about two legs semi-finals aren't you mm, mm. i agree there i don't see the need for two legs um uh, you know some people don't see the need for the competition at all but certainly not two legs semi-finals yeah yeah hey uh des let's uh, uh let's look at the other semi-final newcastle two southampton one and so newcastle have gone through but uh, a rare thing happened there newcastle conceded a goal Precisely, Nick Pope for the first time in 10 and a half games let in a goal. So I say sell him, drop him, get rid of him. <laughs> oh, it, it, the Newcastle's success is based upon their new defensive um, solidity. Nick Pope with uh, Fabian Shah, who I've followed for a long time, and now Botman has come in, who was a, who a big money signing from nil, or a, sorry, high-profile signing from nil. They've really tightened things up with Burn and Trippier on either side of them, and and. Good teams are built on not conceding goals, and that's allowed Joe Linton and Almiron to actually show why they were bought by um, previous um, people with with, with high. Uh, they were highly rated when they were bought, and Bruno Gamarish in the heart of midfield is really helping them. But um, so confidence is just pouring through the veins of Newcastle. Uh, Longstaff scoring twice his first goals in four years. And um, when things are going your way. Everybody just seems to be able to step up. So uh, for Eddie Howe, I think his his real skill has been to make Newcastle difficult to score against, and that's released their front players. None of their front players are what you would call standout. 
I don't think any one of the of the big European clubs to buy anyone of Joe Linton, Wilson, Almiron, Longstaff or Willock. And let Newcastle are thriving high in the Premier League. They're now in a final. They're first since uh, first of this century. Um, first chance to win a trophy, genuine chance to win a trophy for the first time since the 1960s. Um, and yeah, it, there is money, serious money being spent, a lot of money. It's not Chelsea-esque, but they've spent a lot of money. But they are looking at the business in a proper football sense, based upon football principles, solid back four uh, as a spring for, for goals to come. They thoroughly deserve this. Um, it was a late goal from Chelsea, uh, from uh, Southampton. But Nick Pope, I think, is is a standout, world-class goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's going to be a really interesting final. Uh, mm. Manchester United and Newcastle United. I, I want to take take your opinion, you three, on who do you think is going to win this one? And Goglin, what do you reckon? I, I would give United the edge on this one. <laughs> Which United? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there are two. There are two Uniteds now. True that. True that. True that. But you're talking about the 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 red United. Yeah, Eric Ten Hag's United. And uh, Des, what do you reckon? Well, I, th- I think Newcastle, based upon that defensive solidity, I think they they've got a genuine chance. And Man United might have one or two little. Um, uh, minds off the ball. The, the the Mason Greenwood situation is going to come in and just distract all the good work from Ten Hag at the moment. Are they allowed to? Um, will Mason Greenwood become part of the United team once again? Don't know whether you've been following that, but uh, yeah, he yeah. was he was um, uh, the charges of uh, well serious charges in a court were dropped against him. And so United have suspended him. They're not they're not paying him for now, but they're having an investigation. But it's a distraction that United don't need, particularly once they've got rid of Ronaldo and Paul Pogba. Notice no Pogba, no Ronaldo. Man United significantly better. But I think Newcastle probably got a bit more up there. Mm, and Bob, what do you reckon? Well, I think a bigger distraction will be playing Barcelona uh, either side of that final in the um, Europa League um, which they also want to win. Uh, that could just tilt it Newcastle's way, but I th- I'm going to stick with Man United. I think they've um, they've just got a bit more about them now, and uh, I think they'll edge it. It's also that they've been in a couple of finals now. You know, the United team, United have been in finals. You know, Newcastle has been a while, so maybe that is probably the edge, the mental edge. Uh, anybody, anybody going to be? Uh... The quadruple. Anybody thinking that that Manchester United, United are the only team with a chance of the quad this year? Yeah, but but anybody think that they could actually pull it off? No, no, no. Okay, all right. Uh, sorry, United fans. Uh, judgment has been given. So let's move on then to the Premier League. And um, United fans right now will be happy if they win four games in a row. It says already a win. Oh, I know. I think they're <laughs> they're beyond that. No, no, they're United yeah. fans are never happy. okay so uh let's move on premier league and i've asked for a jingle for my crisis club section um apparently we don't have the budget but uh we got a crisis club match coming up it's a wolves versus liverpool which is a saturday match and um well let's go to you dead des uh i'm saying that liverpool are in crisis, but you, you've been saying, no, it's okay, calm down, transition, transition. But uh, what, I don't know, what what's the situation with Liverpool? Transition, transition, but wobbling. There's um, the, the, there's 
there's uh, some online spats going on in the Twitterati world between um, those who uh, say you support the club through thick and thin and those who say, yeah, that's all well and good, but look at what other people are spending and look what we're not spending. For me, the problem, the real crisis for Liverpool is the number of injuries that they get. Uh, Konate is the latest. So they just seem, they seem to have one centre-backs out left, right and centre. Diaz, serious injury. Jota, serious injury. Um, uh, the, the, the Van Dijk, serious injury. They're just serious injury after serious injury. And uh, that's why I, I think they're, they're really struggling. Yes, they're going through um, a period of transition, but massively damaged by the fact that they've got so many big players uh, out at the same time. And so Cody Gapko, um, who was their, their one signing um, for 45 million, good signing, but he's coming into a situation where he's kind of the main man uh, because Salah's looking lost without um, Mane. And ooh, it, 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 it's it's an awkward time for Liverpool. Um, the, the, the defeat in the FA Cup to Brighton was a very numbing one. It was a fully deserved de- defeat as well. Real Madrid are coming up in the Champions League and, and we're nearly as low as Chelsea in, in the in the Premiership. The one thing for Liverpool, there's 19 games to go. Uh, Jurgen Klopp has got absolute um, the faith of just about 99.99% of Liverpool fans to turn it round. But at the moment, the lack of signings, the number of injuries... Uh, how far they are behind and uh, the paucity of the play and Salah's um, relative poor form mean that Liverpool are, are kind of in a sticky, sticky situation. Uh, yeah. Compared compare now to this time last year. Uh... <laughs> yes. When we were chasing all four and genuinely, genuinely believed we could get maybe two or three of them. But don't you think this season is, uh, I mean, uh, a testament to the, the, that hard press that you all were doing for the past two seasons? It, you, your players are completely burnt out and you all haven't just uh, replaced them with the like and like because at that intensity that you all were playing at, it was incredible. And to chase a quadruple at that stage with that kind of football, it was, you know, it's something's got to give. And this and this season is a testament to that on top and, of a World Cup. And everyone's a year, one year older. Yeah, exactly. there is that. But that doesn't explain Canate's uh, hamstring injury and Van Dijk's hamstring injury. Well, it's not- about time, though, isn't it? About it? Van Dijk had what two, three seasons uh, uh, injury-free, right? He 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 was uh, he was the rock there. He was injury-free, playing. You know, the, it, it will come to roost. He also had a World Cup. Remember and that? And a World Cup, yeah. 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 But Canate didn't. Canate's a young player, and and it's the same injury and Diaz and Jota and the number of long-term injuries. It's um. It's perplexing, frustrating. Yeah. I can't well, imagine Jurgen too chuffed. No, uh, I do remember actually a long time ago, uh, Newcastle United were having a lot of injuries and they discovered that the uh, the training pitch, there was something wrong with the training pitch. And they, it was they, a bit harder, so too hard or something. Something like, that, like yeah. that, yeah. Hey, uh, Bob Holmes, uh, well, I want to move on to uh, Everton. Everton versus Arsenal. And Sean Dyche, I believe Sean Dyche is back. He, I watched uh, my algorithm put up uh, a Sean Dyche masterclass on 442, which made me happy because, mm. as far as I'm concerned, everybody should play 442. Um, I would imagine, I, I would, I think Everton fans should be very happy to have Sean Dyche, but they're probably not. Uh, you think they should be? Well, um, I think. He, if there were only two options, as there appeared to be, uh, Marcelo Bielsa and Sean Dyche, um, Bielsa wanted to manage the under-21 team uh, this season and then take over next season when they'd been relegated. Uh, I don't think Everton had much choice but to go for Sean Dyche. Um, that, was, that was weird. But uh, anyway, they've got him. Um, I mean, he's, he's going to organise them. Uh, 
he'll I imagine there'll be another Burnley because mm. he doesn't have the weapons up front unless he can somehow keep uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin injury-free, which is asking for the world. Uh, the guy is on his way to becoming another Darren Anderton uh, injury-prone sick note, unfortunately. Um, but he's the only guy who knows where the goal is. And uh, the fact that they didn't sign a single player in the window was really incredible. I mean, I know that Daesh was only there a couple of days before the window closed, but they, they should have been looking, or they surely were looking at players, as every club does, with their recruitment department, analysing guys in all the leagues of the world, seeing whether they're suitable or not. And they do have money, and they got $45 million for Anthony Gordon from Newcastle, another inflated fee, uh, but they didn't sign anybody. And really, I, th I think that uh, Daesh has really been given a, a hospital pass here. Um, they are second favourites to go down. Bournemouth are, are uh, three to ten on uh, favourites to go down with the bookies. Everton next, and, and then Southampton. Um, and really, you, you can't see them staying up because they don't score goals. You've got to be able to get the odd goal, even if you, well, unless you're going for nil-nil draws all the time. But that's only one point. So really, I think he's got a very big job on there. And I, I wouldn't have picked him out of all the, all the managers there are out there. But because it was a last-minute thing, I think they delayed too long. In If they were going to sack Frank Lampard, they should have done it earlier, got somebody in, given them chance to... Uh, pick their own players in the window, and then they would have a half-decent chance of staying up. But it's, it, it's got a big job on now. And with facing Arsenal, of all people, in, in the first game, uh, you, you can't see anything other than an Arsenal win here. Yeah, and I am very, for one, very happy because I uh, getting Sean Dutch because he I love anti football because it makes Des Corkill so unhappy, <laughs> but and I'm not going to give him a chance to talk about it. Yeah. So because we're going to move on and be looking at more Premier League in a moment when we come back with Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back on Just for Kicks with Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, and Gogolin. And now Gogolin, uh, we're looking at the Premier League matches coming up, and we've got uh, what could be a mouth-watering. Sounds like it should be Tottenham versus Manchester City. Um, but this match, sorry, this Tottenham, uh, first half bad, second half good. Uh, I, I don't know. We're the worst good team I've ever seen. <laughs> Let's have a good team. Is. Yeah, well, you know, there, there will be no Conte on the touchline for this game for sure, you know, after he's just suffered a gallbladder surgery. Oh. Yeah, so he just had that yesterday or day before or something. So, and I think Pedro Porro is that will probably be starting, the only right back to be starting because they've Doherty has gone to AC Milan, uh, sorry, Atletico Madrid, if I'm not mistaken. So they'll have they, a right? Cancelo is now left to Bayern Munich from. Uh, uh, for City, from City. So again, this is this is probably the the fixture of the weekend. If you look at it on paper, and I will expect a rampant City to be, you know, 
uh, business as usual to be playing everything. And you're right, this is the worst good team to you have ever seen. Spurs, are, you never know what Spurs are going to get. They might up their game against the big teams, the big five and the big four. And that is probably what will probably happen. But, you know, City will just have enough in the tank to take it over the line, three points. Uh, yeah, Des, um, uh, I, a bit more Spurs. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't see what's going on there. Can you explain? No, I can't because at the start of the season, I was really impressed with the depth of the squad that they had and the scoring potential. I will actually just say that they, they've kept a club of clean sheets in awkward fixtures in the last two matches and the cup tie at Preston, a routine 3-0 win, but nothing's routine at Tottenham. And before that, a really good 1-0 win at Fulham. There's so much quality in this Tottenham team. I'm convinced that they, they, they that they will at some stage come good and they'll take some um, encouragement for the fact they they actually battered Man City um, for the first half when the teams met at um, the Etihad uh, in January. Remember, it was 2-0 at half-time to Tottenham and City came back with that scintillating second-half display. So I think Tottenham are on are on the, the mend, are on the improving um, spectrum. Uh, and the fact that it's a Tottenham stadium, which is an intimidating stadium, um, this... But it's it's make or break for them. Uh, to be fair, it's make or break for City as well because Arsenal, if they get the win over Everton, can be can be rushing well away from them. Good game. I can see points shared here because Tottenham are on on the, are on the mend. A Man City that Cancelo thing is interesting. Um, the fact that uh, Cancelo was allowed to leave to Bayern Munich on loan suggests that all is not well at the Man City camp. But maybe that's just um, Guardiola trying to get rid of some poison in the City camp. But suggests not everything is quite right there. He suggested it himself, actually. So, yeah, Man City bruised, Tottenham improving, uh, a good, entertaining, high-scoring draw at um, the Tottenham Stadium. Okay. Uh, Bob, um, this fixture would not have caught my attention, uh, written down on paper at the beginning of the season, but Chelsea versus Fulham, with Chelsea being behind Fulham by a good stretch, Fulham having been pretty convincing this season, and it's sure, it's at Chelsea. This could be this could be one to watch. Yeah, certainly could. It's uh, West London derby. The uh, grounds are very close uh, together. It hasn't been played that often because there's usually been a couple of divisions between the two clubs. Um, Fulham very much the uh, the junior partner here, but not this season. And uh, although probably home advantage just tilts it towards Chelsea. Um, Fulham will be going in there full of confidence and they're playing a, a good brand of football. And of course, Chelsea, although they've got the squad uh, depth, as you would say, I think half of those players that they sign, the fans have never heard of. Uh, I certainly hadn't heard of two or three of them. Uh, but uh, Todd Bowley managed to spend his money anyway. But just think of Graham Potter trying to trying to fit these guys in. I mean, you could say it's a nice problem to have, but it's a hell of a difficult one to solve. You've got to keep all these guys, all these egos happy. I mean, I mentioned them earlier, guys like Havertz and, and Sterling and Mount. I mean, we, we forget these guys. They're all established international players who cost a, a fair bit of money. And they've been usurped, I think it's probably the word, by these other guys who've come in for vastly inflated fees. And where are they all going to play? How's he going to fit them in? 
what kind of style? I bet Potter himself doesn't know the strengths and weaknesses of half these recruits. They're certainly not his players. I mean, he, he, wouldn't, he would have noticed Fernandes from the World Cup, yes. But some of the other names from, from the Italy and, uh, and Portugal, uh, mid-table clubs, I don't know where Bowley got them from, quite honestly. I mean, Bowley's knowledge of European football yeah. is, is limited. It Maybe d- he's d- a fast does, learner. Yeah, it does sound incredible. I mean, I don't like to generalize, but, you know, he knows American sports, perhaps. And it, it, it does sound like some agents have managed to really sweet talk this guy. Exactly. And, and, and also, perhaps he's still under the impression that, like with American football, you know, you can bring on substitutions <laughs> yeah. one after the other <laughs> for a specific play. Uh, I, I, I don't know what's it. It's very strange. Hey, Goglin, I want to. I just suddenly realized that uh, we haven't mentioned Aston Villa for a long time. They, and I've noticed they're still in the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> they're playing Leicester. It, uh, but, you know, Aston Villa are in a kind of like a really happy spot, aren't they? 11th, no big problems. You must be happy. Uh, we had a good transfer window of uh, sorts. You know, I think uh, Emery had his targets out early, got them early, didn't pay uh, top dollar, uh, did it. Uh, quite wisely. I think he went He went with the players he already knew. And um, the flip side of losing to Stevenage in the third round of the FA Cup is we had a two-week break. And, uh, you know, the players of coming back from injury, Lucas Dinia and uh, McGinn, uh, John McGinn, who of, uh, is actually a key player to be back in injury, who's actually um, who's back now because he was out is one of the keys for Emery's pressing style of football that he plays. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good time to, you know, look at the Villa side. And they're playing a Leicester side who's, who just came out of an FA Cup uh, game. So, you know, I, I try not to sound optimistic in this show. You, know, you sound used to that. That's that, that is that's what is ecstatic yeah, from you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. From where I'm sitting, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to watch Villa play. The football that you play. I mean, I was saying this when Dean Smith got sacked and we went for Steven Gerrard. And I was saying that if you're going to sack Smith, you know, you look, to the continent for a manager of for a club like Villa because you know not some celebrity name like Steven Gerrard all right mm-hmm. who's you know and that is what I was saying all this while I said it on the show I've been consistent about that on the show and again and that is what has happened yeah, yeah. Uh, Aston Villa kind of like trying to be anonymous reminds me of my school life is like if if none of the teachers ever see me then, <laughs> then I'll be you just don't exist, fine yeah. I don't exist <laughs> I can't be expelled that way um uh, you know, um, uh, Des, we've already talked Man United, uh, but and but they're playing Palace. Man United still remains the most popular club in Malaysia. I think we can all agree on that. Um, this uh, campaign now is is it's hotting up for United and for Palace. On the, in the meantime, it seems to be going off the boil. Uh, yeah, um, let's not forget, though, that just a couple of weeks ago, they drew one all at Selhurst Park. So, again, Palace can take a, a little bit of comfort from, from that reverse fixture. Uh, that was the last-minute um, uh, goal. But David Gea had a, had a spectacular performance for Man United. But uh, United, their confidence will be r- really sky-high. Um, defensively, again, that's that's where it's all changed. Uh, De Gea, I've always been a fan of, even when everyone was, um, uh, he went through a, a phase where he made one or two mistakes uh, a couple of years ago. I'm a huge fan of him as a goalkeeper. 
not as a guy who can ping the ball 60 yards and pass um, pass the ball, but as a goalkeeper, he's phenomenal. And United's strength is based upon that um, that solid defence with Martinez coming in, adding adding power to it as well. And Luke Shaw looks a different player as well because he's surrounded by confident players. Um, so United might find this one a tough one, but I can just see their confidence going, uh, growing and growing and growing and then continuing their, their assault on all four trophies that they, they've got a chance in. As we said, I can't see them winning all four, but if Marcus Rashford can keep on scoring brilliant goals and or, or getting assists as he did in the for the two goals against Forest, then um, United uh, will score goals. So, um, yeah, United carry on their assault, I'm sad to say. <laughs> Kills me, this. Kills me. Uh, and Bob, uh, I've heard United fans saying that Casemiro is the best signing that United have ever made. I mean, these are young people, of course. They, they don't remember the... The likes of, uh, uh, and I don't remember them either. But uh, Casemiro has made a big difference, hasn't he? I think he's the best signing of this season. I would go as far as to say that. Uh, he's had as big an effect on United, uh, his arrival, as Ronaldo's departure. Um, and the two, between the two of them, they're, you know, they're, they're flying at the moment. I think he's been brilliant. He's, uh, we've seen a side of his game that we didn't really see at Real Madrid. We didn't look on him as much of an attacking player. We thought he was just one of those uh, defensive spoilers, a guy who could just kick people. And uh, I mean, always gave 100%, a little bit dirty, but nothing in the opponent's box. But he's scoring for United and some pretty decent goals as well. Very well taken and opportunistic. So that's that's been a, quite a revelation. And his appetite for the game, I mean, some people thought that he might come here, uh, he's won everything, he's won half a dozen Champions Leagues and everything there is to win in Spain, he's 30 years old. It looked like a classic move, come and top up your pension before you finally bow out sort of thing. But no, he hit the ground running. His attitude has been great. He's great with young players. He's galvanized the team. So I would say, I can't think of anybody else who would be a better signing of the season than Casemiro right now. If you're talking about United in the past, I think Dennis Law was a better signing, actually. Cantona wasn't bad either. Yeah, Cantona <laughs> wasn't bad either. Um and uh, Gogland, speaking of signings, uh, Newcastle United versus West Ham. Newcastle got John Joe Shelby. And if you look at his uh, showreel, it's amazing. It would be an amazing showreel. But it, his uh, getting a red card showreel would be equally long. Um, uh, oh, John, John Joe got sold, right, in the transfer window? To Newcastle. Yeah, to Newcastle. No, by Newcastle. Uh, by, by Newcastle. Newcastle. Was he yeah. with Newcastle? Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen him for ages. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, John Joe Shelby less Newcastle uh, against <laughs> Bruno Gomares less. Uh, yeah. Newcastle actually, let's, let's talk more West Ham. Um, West Ham. I mean, uh, I can't. We cannot afford apparently a crisis club jingle, but I I would have West Ham uh, being played with that jingle anytime. 
No, West Ham, all right. They, they just they just need to find their feet. They got a good squad in there. They're not Everton. Let's put it this way. You know, if you look in Crisis Club, you don't have to look further than Everton right now. I mean, it's it, it, it might we might have the new manager bounce, but you know, let's okay, let's not talk about Everton. West Ham, I think they'll be all right. They, Moyes will sort them out, and um, they've got enough uh, quality in the in that side. Once they start gelling, they will send. And now Newcastle, I think. Uh, I don't think uh, Eddie Howe really sanctioned those sales, but I think the, to be side of the financial fair play side, they had to make some sales, especially with getting uh, Anthony Gordon for forty-five million pounds at that point. And now they don't have Bruno Gomares, so it it could be uh, it could give a, a bit of a flip to uh, West Ham, you know, because they don't have actually the cover. The cover was George Shelby, who's not there at the moment. So, yeah. Well, one day we're going to have to have an in-depth conversation about financial fair play or FFS, as it's known. Um, FFP. Uh, oh, no, I think it is FFS. Uh, <laughs> only only for Des, it's FFS. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're going to take a short break, and in a moment we'll come back with some of the other fixtures in um, the Premier League, but also a little bit of Malaysia football news here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And welcome back to part four of Just for Kicks with me, Bob, Des and Goglin. And now, Des. Um, cool. Another team that uh, I consistently forget are in the Premier League. Uh, Southampton, they're playing Brentford. Brentford at home. Brentford have... Brentford are the real deal. Brentford are surely now... They're, they're, they're permanent members of the the Premier League, aren't they? Um, for a couple of years until something goes wrong with the experiment. But um, sorry, can I ignore your Brentford question and go on Please Southampton? Do. So oh. I, I was um, at Tottenham on the opening day of the season when I saw Southampton and I made an instant decision then that they would be relegated because they were woeful. Um, they've changed coach since then. Uh, they've still lost four out of the last five. They they barely score less than a goal a game. They've lost 13 already this year. They're marooned with Everton down at the bottom of the table. Um, and I, I really think Southampton, are, um, they just didn't invest. They, uh, they The players they did invest in were young potential players um, without any... Um, uh, young players, good players. Uh, Char, the uh, Croatian, very good, and and uh, the, the the midfielder, um, the eighteen year old. But you can't survive in the in the top flight with young players um, who are who are untried. Southampton, to me, look absolutely doomed. And the uh, opportunity for Brentford to actually carry on their their potential bid for a place in Europe. That's how good um, Brentford have been this year. And Brighton and Fulham. Um, they're, they're in the European fight at the moment, but down at the bottom, if Everton are crisis club, Southampton are as well, but Southampton have been ever since the start of the season. Uh, okay, and uh, Bob, speaking of crisis clubs, or are we? I don't know. Forest, you're Nottingham Forest, are <laughs> playing Leeds. Um, now, we've been over the seasons talking about Leeds as being in crisis. They seem to be having some momentum, although Leeds fans generally do not like Jesse Marsh. But uh, you are, well, Nottingham Forest, uh, they're on a run. They're, they're going to get into Europe. <laughs> steady on, steady on. <laughs> uh, well, they, uh, they have gone from being uh, among the favourites for relegation to being outsiders for relegation, thanks to an unbeaten run in January in the, in the league. And uh, also because they carried on signing players, 
and I think they've uh, they've done very well. They've addressed the weaknesses, most importantly, goalkeeper, because uh, Dean Henderson, who has been brilliant uh, throughout the season, uh, could be out for two months. And Wayne Hennessy, we touched on this last week, isn't quite up to it anymore. And they desperately needed to fix that. And they've gone, not only fixed it, but they've actually signed a, a guy who's won more Champions Leagues than Forrest have. Uh, he, he comes in with three. It's not often that happens. Kayla Navas, ex-Real Madrid, but relegated to the bench at PSG because of uh, Donnarumma's uh, emergence. Uh, but uh, 36, not too old for a goalkeeper by any means, and desperate to play. And he's always, apparently, always uh, had a desire to test himself in the Premier League. So this was uh, the moment they managed to get it done just before the deadline closed. And uh, it's given uh, Forrest a real lift. I mean, he's a bit rusty because he's not played many first team games, but uh, his experience uh, to get a guy who's won everything in Spain, won three Champions Leagues with Real Madrid uh, at, at, not too old an age, that is a real bonus. And uh, let's hope that Steve Cooper has a problem when Henderson's fit of uh, which goalkeeper to pick. But that's, that is a nice problem to have. So that's a real boost. And they also got John Joe Shelby. You're, you're probably thinking um, you saw the reel, the highlights reel. Uh, it was probably because he left Newcastle, joined Forest. Now, a bit of a hard man. But uh, Eddie Howe was very uh, reluctant to, to let him go and uh, really sang his praises. I think he's mellowed a bit yeah. and he was much, much liked by his teammates. But for Forrest, Forrest was seen as a bit of a soft touch. They were too nice at the back. Guys like Joe Worrell and uh, Ryan Yates, a local boys, just love playing the, in the, wearing the shirt. Um, but they weren't hard enough and they'd been found out. And they needed somebody like Shelby to come in. And not only Shelby, but they've got one of uh, Atletico Madrid's hard men, Felipe, who was sent off against Man City in the, in the Champions League last season. One of, um, one of the boys there, one of, one of the nutcases. Um, he's, he's been on the bench uh, for a while. Uh, he's fallen out with uh, Simoes a bit. And uh, so he took his chance to come and test himself in the Premier League. So we've, mm. we've got some hard men there, much yeah. needed hard men and a top keeper. So got think, Andre Ayu too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though, yeah, Forrest just signed players. Even when the window closes, they still <laughs> sign them because he's a free agent. Free agent, uh, yeah. Well, they just you know, signed him, yeah. If, if you're too much of a hard man for Atletico Madrid, then you, you probably got busted for armed robbery. Or something. <laughs> He'd probably get a red card in his first game. Yeah, if we're lucky. Maybe hey, seals probably. Gogolin, yeah. Gogolin, you know, that by the way is a masterclass in uh club uh fan optimism. That's what you should be trying to <laughs> achieve. Hey, Gogolin, I want to uh, get on to um what I Brighton versus Bournemouth. Brighton uh playing very well, but apart from anything else, they they must be the best run club in. European football right now. 
Oh, Brighton? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, everybody... They just suddenly became the picking, uh, the feeder club for the top uh, five, you know, and that Paul Moses, uh, what, Cancedo, how do you pronounce his name? Cancedo. Caicedo. Caicedo, yeah. Saga was completely embarrassing. And this is this is what this is what happens in, uh, you know, in modern football. When the big teams come and they offer tremendous amount of players and pick your best players off and the players gets their head turned, obviously they want to go and, you know, and and when it doesn't happen, what's going, to, what's going to happen with Moses right now in the squad? You know, he's publicly come out on his social assets and said that he wants to go to his teammates and everything. And now he has to see the same team, same teammates at training to, uh, the next day because the, his transfer didn't go through. You know? yeah, but didn't he also put out a tweet sort of like Brighton forever or something? I have no idea. I, I saw the Instagram post that he put out yeah. about wanting to join. Uh, was it Arsenal? Was it? Yeah. 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 So, Very confused, our football players. But Brighton, uh, yeah. You know, again, I, 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 what uh, CW is doing is he's pick, picked up from where Potter's left off. He's seen what his squad he has. He's played to their strengths. And, and, and this is what Brighton will do until the season comes to an end. And then their players will start getting picked off again. And they'll start back from zero. So it's it's a zero-sum game, you know, for teams like Brighton, for teams like Villa to a certain point. If you, Unless the massive investment comes in and you start going into the top and then it's what what do teams like you know i always question this for a few seasons ago what teams like newcastle are going to do and now newcastle have been bought by a sovereign wealth fund now it comes down to okay what are teams like brighton going to do correct it's yeah. it's, it's just a never well, you know what can i cut in uh, you know what brighton have done tony bloom the guy the owner mm. he he's hired uh, i think 100 student mathematicians wow. to study uh, the uh, the sats of footballers all all around Europe, mainly Europe, but I think also the entire world, and he, and they've done that, and they fed it in to the um, the Brighton computer, as it were, their their main recruitment uh, centre, and the top guys there have picked the bones out of it, and they they're coming up with uh, young young players that have been found by these mathematicians just on the stats. And you know uh, Mituma, who's the um, star mm. of the moment, isn't he? Well, what a the player. Japanese yeah. winger. Do you know how much they paid for him? Two point five. Two and a half pounds, million. Two and a half million. Two point five million pounds. It's really good, doesn't he? Yeah, and I so, bet Chelsea are going to spend about a hundred million on him at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, in a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it, it comes down to it. You you will start making the money, and then you end up like a Borussia Dortmund, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, can't win anything. Yeah. Well, I uh, I want to move to Malaysian football, but I do love the idea of the uh, the Brighton computer. In well, it's Bob, actually called ChatGPT. All right, okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and I would imagine for Bob, it's what it's a big computer in a room that's like steam powered, and you just sort of. Shovel. Well, it's the Brentford way. Uh, the Brentford been doing this for quite a while as well. They're they're using data analytics to actually uh, try to get uh, good players, and so their 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 role model, their their business model is. Uh, Bring players in for cheap, sell them on for for high. Don't worry about winning. Um, Which, by uh, the way, is an American model, and I don't know what the hell Tom Bowley's doing, not knowing Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball. Hey, uh, it worked once. It, it it got a championship once. It hasn't worked since. It'll do. Uh, uh, Descore kill Malaysia. I'm afraid we we were less time than expected. Um, the uh, broadcasting uh, situation has changed with uh, Malaysian football. How, how, how's the situation now? So Astro and RTM are the new official broadcasters of the Malaysian Football League. That was announced uh, earlier this week, um, uh, which is great news for me. I came up to Malaysia because Astro was uh, going to take on the, the Malaysia Football in 2010. 
there's been a few sagas since then, and uh, my own personal career has been wrapped around um, covering Malaysia football. So, um, but Astro got it back, which I think is good. RTM, it's great to have it on uh, the public um, broadcaster because um, that that gets massive, massive eyeballs, mm. um, and Astro will treat it with uh, with respect. That's that's the good news. Um, the 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 only downside for fans of the local game is that the games will not now be on YouTube. Um, because YouTube, uh, un- under the Unify deal, which which is now finished, um, YouTube games were free. So now you're going to have to either be on Astro or RTM to um, to get the games. But I think it'll be treated with respect. It'll be, tra- be treated with seriousness. Uh, they've rebranded as well, which is quite nice as well. There's, they they've gone. They've looked back to go forward. The 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 old logo, uh, the new logos, um, date back to the the M League logos of. Uh, of certainly before my time. Um, and I, I think that's gone down very well. 15-team league um, and uh, variable kickoff times as well, uh, which, which again is something that I've been chasing and shouting for for a long time. So it's it's predominantly good news. Um, Malaysia domestic football needs some good news. Um, Sarawak, not make, uh, Sarawak being cut and Malacca being cut for uh, not paying their players is great news, but it left the league short of, short of teams. So a 15-league team and five or six of them have been signing some very, very good players. So I think this is this is good news from a broadcast point of view, a, a good news from uh, taking the um, treating the league with respect and the players and the clubs with respect. And for the next three years, hopefully, uh, Malaysia football will be able to um, push on and get some teams challenging Jordan Al-Taxin. Mm. Uh, good that it be on uh, RTM. Uh, that's great. Uh, although I yes, say, seventy-five games on RTM. Uh, as one of those uh, Premier League watching people, I don't know how to get RTM anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I could. Uh, perhaps the uh, Brighton computer would know how to uh, solve. It's called that an on-off problem. switch, mate. On-off switch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank. Uh, that brings us to the end of this week's show, and. Um, well, uh, happy watching, and I'd like to thank our pundits. Uh, Goglin, thank you so much. Oh, Always a pleasure, always a pleasure. Fantastic. And Bob Holmes, thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure for me too. And finally, Des Corkill, thank you so much. And despite the immorality, I still love this wonderful game, but some money has got to go down to grassroots. Otherwise, the, the top clubs will just kill football. I, I said again, agents got to eat too. Okay. All right. They're eating the game. Yeah. And on that, uh, we come to the end. And thank you so much. And join us next time on Just for Kicks here on BFM 89.9. The magic, the might, the majesty of Manchester City Champions 2022. For more football, tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8 p.m. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.